0: Iceland, did you know that in addition to everywhere podcasts can be found, that you can also find dinner table talks on YouTube? What? And season four I think has gotten kicked off to a fantastic start.
1: It has been amusing. Lots of interesting, raw conversations. I think this whole diet we've been going through has really got us to look at a lot of things.
0: Well the dinner table that you're about to join us at, we make that very point. Everything's connected.
1: Everything is connected. And it is the story I give every day with this huge philosophical, well, you got to join us at the dinner table to hear about it.
0: Pull up a chair.
1: We've got a lot to talk about.
0: Because we will get loud bursts of energy sometimes. But that's no different than anybody else's dinner table, I imagine.
1: That's how you know I give two shits about the conversation.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be my new filter. She sure is mumbling. She didn't give a shit about this. I can't tell you how much fun it she was... She
1: no to give for that one.
0: <laughs> listening to our talk about Elvis. That was fun. I enjoyed that.
1: Yep. And it's led on to a lot of interesting conversations about... I mean, gosh, even this morning, morality policing. I went off on it because... It's the same thing. It's like.
0: This is how the conversation happened. (laughs) You texted me and said, X Uh is being done by the morality police right now. And then you went from text to voice. That's when I know it's really serious, <laughs> is when you send me a series of the thing where you hold the little microphone button down and talk, and uh-huh. then the, your voice comes to me.
1: Uh-huh. That's why I can listen to it again later, <laughs> so I can listen to myself talk.
0: Oh, hey, okay. <laughs> I'll be your audience. just it, need
1: to make sure I'm getting this right. And then I, basically, I just practiced on you, and then I went over and did it on TikTok. Because one of the things that I'm currently working through letting go, unpacking, whatever, is the idea of what things were considered perverted and who had the right to make those decisions as it relates to... Does morality even,
0: police tie into that? Right.
1: What gave you the authority any more than anyone else? And people are going to name all different kinds of things that gave them authority. Uh,
0: one leap to my mind.
1: Right, of course. But the thing about it is, is that why is your thing that gave you authority more important than my thing that gives me authority?
0: Because my thing says so.
1: Well, so does mine. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. So now... Let's fight. Right. (laughs) Exactly. And, And we're creating that. And we're creating these circles of imprisonment with our own labeling of things as immoral or perverted or profane or all of these words. And the thing about it is, when our morality policing kills people, we in the Western culture say... Well, that's not us. We don't kill people for morality. Well, no, we don't, like, cuff them and take them to jail and then put them on the shooting line or whatever they do to people over there in places where they do that kind of morality. But we cuff them and put
0: them away sometimes. We do all
1: kinds of crazy shit that kills them. Like, we do all kinds of things. You've heard me say that across the board, my biggest issue with public policy leaders and public policy and the way it's done is that it always goes back to morality and you can't police morality unless you are God.
0: There's no and common that's ground. that's a
1: whole bigger, bigger question.
0: Murder is immoral, so it should be, therefore be illegal, no?
1: Who gets to decide what's immoral? This Who is the gets society, to decide what's immoral? The
0: society that is gathered.
1: Should we contain somebody that is not in enough control of their emotions to keep themselves from literally taking the life of another being? That's a different conversation. That's not about morality. That's about containing an issue and then healing it. That's a different conversation. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about just you get to decide someone gave you some sort of authoritative, whether it was religion, whether it was governmental decision making, Mm -hmm. whether it was money, whatever it was, someone gave you permission to tell me when I'm immoral. And while I'm sitting here looking at you going, I see some things about you that are immoral as well.
0: I'm making that judgment.
1: And I'm making that judgment. Mm -hmm. We don't agree on what's immoral. Because to me, there's all kinds of things that people do that are more immoral than saying the word F-U-C-K. Not pushing your shopping cart to the shopping cart place. And then it bangs into someone's car. People do that all the time. That's a judgment. It's mine. You are a bad person. That's
0: worse than the F word. You
1: are a bad person.
0: On a sliding scale of immoral things, the F word is more moral than not doing your part in the parking lot. Apparently to my value system,
1: apparently to my value system, it is. People that leave their trash on the floor in the movie theater and on the seat.
0: Or throw anything out of a window of a car. Well,
1: yeah, but most people don't do that one anymore. That one's like, those are real sinners, the ones that throw things out their car windows. I mean, they
0: are like... Okay, so, so we as a society have evolved into that once was okay to do, and now it's not so okay to do.
1: Well, now we like to say we weren't raised with morality. And I'm like, we weren't raised with your morality or what you believe is the correct
0: morality. We're going to talk about Whole30 and the changes <laughs> and the food that we made in just a second. But I want to kind of pursue this a little bit.
1: The book I'm reading by Tolstoy right now, I've been reading it a long time, but The Kingdom of God is Within. Mm-hmm. It's talking about Russian Orthodox Catholicism currently. Mm. That's the basis of religion that Tolstoy is speaking from. And it's okay. like in the
0: context of him writing.
1: 1847 or something yeah, like that. You. And it's about religion. And it's about where does the authority to create these moral rules come from? What made that perverted? Well, there's a whole great, long, historical battle of who gets to be in charge of morality. And at the end of the day, it's whoever has the biggest brute that gets to be in charge of morality. But what we have found, which is fascinating about that, is that that same group of people, the might, tend to be the most immoral. If you open up, The veil and look behind at what's actually occurring behind the morality veil.
0: I said something flip a little while ago. The people that get to make that decision, I'm playing devil's advocate. The people that get to make that decision are the society that has gathered.
1: Sure, fine. Except that that's not how it works. That's a great ideology. Which society that was gathered made those rules? (laughs) <laughs> when did it start? And what was actually occurring in space, time, and culture during that period of time?
0: And what rules are they adding to the list? What
1: kinds of rules that we don't even understand today? I mean, we we love to use the, oh my gosh, things were so much harder back in the, we have no clue what they were like. We don't know what it felt like to be in 1846 dealing with this particular thing. And oftentimes when I read these historical things, I'm like, we're just doing them bigger and harder and faster.
0: A lot of people would say, and this is something I was actually hoping we could talk about. The answer to the question, who gets to make these rules, is a holy book of this or that.
1: You get to pick the holy book. You get to pick the one that's the one that says the thing. Okay, but... Because there are wars that have gone back over many, 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 many a time where people fought. And who who got to be in charge of the book that got to go? The biggest might. But... Every single time.
0: But many have an answer to your question.
1: I am sure that there's lots of answers. I have answers to my questions. I mean, like, I have answers to why I choose the morality that I choose, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about morality policing. We're talking about a government or systemic okay. power, a systemic power that has the right to tell me what is right for me and wrong for me based on where I am in culture and class and what, what amount of money I have. Last and week like you that. said
0: it's difficult to find safe spaces to have these conversations. Agree. We're into religion now. I mean, oh God, be <laughs> careful. Well, but I'm over like it to, at this point. But I would like to try. And the spirit that I'm trying in is, I swear to God, <laughs> not to offend you when I start. To offend me? No.
1: Oh, to offend anyone. Yeah, you included. Right.
0: I don't want to offend.
1: Well, I know, but why, oh, listen okay so there's a paradox you're in not that. gonna
0: let me get there but go there's ahead a, there's
1: a paradox in that you understand that you right a
0: wild ball of energy right now
1: <laughs> have you seen my hair
0: yeah it's great
1: <laughs> there's a paradox in saying out loud i don't want to offend you because the idea of saying out loud i don't want to offend you is understanding that there's an offensive nature to what you're about to say. Uh, okay. And you've created the offensiveness by saying, yes. I'm not I'm not here to offend you. What
0: is one of my all-time favorite quotes? Just because you're offended does not mean that it's offensive. Hold on. Just hold, because hold on. You're you credit not gonna criti- let me. I'm not going to let you. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I was raised Southern Baptist. Yes. Which means that my entire opinion is about my right. relationship with that. Right. And anecdotal observance of many, many others that did and conversation since with some people.
1: That's why I've often recently asked you, tell me about your relationship with God. Tell me about your relationship with spirit. Tell me about your relationship with Christ. And we haven't gotten there yet, but I think we will. I think we will. But what you do tell me about is your relationship with the Southern Baptist religion and how it sure. affected your family, your class, your culture, all of those and things. And
0: what it taught me, my specific fill-up, Mm-hmm. Of what it all means, quote unquote. Right. That's my introduction. And when I say my introduction, it wasn't church camp one summer.
1: Right, 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 right. It no, was yeah, at church every of, Sunday,
0: at yeah. church every Wednesday, doing the Baptist equivalent of Boy Scouts. They had a Girl Scout one too. Didn't
1: you live in the parsonage at one point?
0: Well, that's a different story.
1: Well, but it's still, that says something.
0: No, 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 no. You're confusing <laughs> that with I lived in a Methodist parsonage. That they were renting out for a family to live. Oh, okay, got it. When got it, we it. moved to a small town for either way,
1: years. it's the same thing. It doesn't I, matter. And I
0: never want to talk about that. It's
1: the same thing. It doesn't matter. If you were a kid and you grew up in the Southern Baptist Church and you lived in the parsonage, if you were a Methodist kid and you lived in the parsonage, if you lived in a parsonage that was borrowed from another church, you were in. In in. You were deep in. You were familial allegiancy. My grandfather. You were intended
0: to be one of them. <laughs> this small town that I moved to for three years, my grandfather was the Baptist preacher. Right. Who lived in the parsonage of right. the Baptist church. Right. Whose church I was a member of for those three years that I lived in that town. Right. Which means that my mother is the daughter of a Baptist preacher. hmm Small town, revival tents, mm-hmm. hellfire and brimstone. hmm Those are facts, not judgments. Right,
1: you're like I was there.
0: <laughs> it is where I learned about backward messages in rock music.
1: Uh huh. I was always trying to play my records backwards. I'm like, you just gave me an idea.
0: This is fun. Why <laughs> did you tell me about <laughs> did that? Did you
1: ever try to play your CDs backwards? I, I didn't. Even, uh, I was like, that's impossible. I know. How does that work? I don't understand how they did that.
0: Well, it how wasn't. How did they too play long. their CDs
1: backwards? It wasn't.
0: Uh, that no, no,
1: no, must no, have no, been no, black no, magic. No, 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 no. <laughs>
0: you're missing the entire point of backward <laughs> messages or back, aka backward masking. <laughs> You don't play it in reverse. You are subliminally being implanted with these messages that you can't hear because they have been recorded backward. But if you do play it backward, there are dozens of satanic messages.
1: You can believe and live anything you choose. That's all I have to say about that.
0: On the list that was handed to me or given to me or spoken to this like me was The Beatles, Uh. Black Sabbath, oh
1: yeah i mean come on black sabbath they're playing with you it's like when david bowie puts his little finger up to his mouth well, and goes well my um, point is
0: it's hee some hee of my favorite hee bands hee hee.
1: i might have been doing a little bit of black magic hee hee. they were just uh, around man they of course were kids, of course the entertainers teenagers. Were. of
0: course the entertainers <laughs> were their record sales would improve any anytime that they were the subject of a. but of anybody
1: a that's playing By me playing with black magic is playing with black magic I mean, there is an element of that.
0: Okay. I'm going to set a timer and you cannot speak for one minute as I try to launch into a thing I'd like to talk about. I can
1: do it. I can do it. here. ready? I'm taking a breath.
0: So that being where I received my input of the stuff that exists, the religion that you choose, the set of values that come down from on high, your relationship with Christ or God or... But not only that, in the Southern Baptist faith, my experience was that we could cooperate with other Protestants, but not all of them.
1: Well, that's what Tolstoy talks about. It's like not even the religion is agreeable about things. We're warring within the religion.
0: But living in an area my entire life that is largely Hispanic, I did not go to a Catholic service until I got to college as a friend or a guest of somebody.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We had one Jewish classmate in elementary school at a gifted and talented school program where they encouraged creativity and this mother took it upon herself to assemble all of the kids with the, maybe our parents had sign a thing, I don't remember, mm-hmm. where she would come and teach about Jewish tradition, basically. Mm-hmm. Basically that the homogenous diet of faith and morality and Jesus and how bad these people were, but these people are okay. Mm-hmm. I'm understanding wilder than ever, bigger than ever, mm-hmm. how much... That has influenced me my entire life.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: When once upon a time, you don't know that you're different. No. And when I say different, I don't mean, I mean, they're all different. Those flavors of ice cream. Right, right, right. So one of the best things that ever happened to me in the MBA program was a, like a semester about the cultures of the world. Mm -hmm. And there was nothing negative said about any, any of them because this was a pro business. You can, we can tie cultures together. Oh, okay. Clan of class. Oh, okay. But you need to know the basics. If this is a class that might benefit you, mm-hmm. and God for me, it was.
1: hmm Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I took a lot of those kinds of classes in communications, too. I took a lot of intercultural, sociological communications. Mm-hmm. Like, I wanted to know, when you met me, I was a reader of, like, all religions. Yeah. I was a reader yeah, of, like, yeah. all holy books. Yeah. I was a reader of, I've read a lot of things in yeah. terms of, that space and religion. And I know a lot about world religions.
0: I think that it is a wise thing to have an education about.
1: Well, it is, if it's an interest to you, that's how I feel about it. Like for me, it was an interest to me. Like it was a sociological, cultural, philosophical interest of mine. I think that there's, there's purpose. There is purpose. My
0: experience And only my experience is the only experience that I'm talking about that I anecdotally witnessed and felt. All
1: I know is what I don't know.
0: (laughs) Was that the Southern Baptist faith Mm -hmm. had an endorsed level of lying and hypocrisy amongst your behavior. Yeah. The biggest one, and this was back then, maybe there really lacks about it now and this doesn't happen or at least it happened a lot in different churches that I went to where and I and I was a I drank and when I say I drank I mean if we went to a Mexican food restaurant I would get a margarita and I don't care what you think about me yeah and if you want to have a conversation with me about that we can but by the time but that uh, happened can oh, I ask you this I was in a more progressive Southern Baptist church that was kind of like we can't put the non-drinking thing out there without some kind of firm theological reason why we have it. Because Jesus' first miracle was turning water into wine. And there are arguments against, like the, all the arguments. There are, are a million it's arguments. It's all created. That's,
1: that's where the I've morality policing comes from. It's like. Yes. We, it, internally, we can't even.
0: <laughs> but lies, hypocrisy, those are really big, really ugly words. Let me give you an example. This is really toward the end of my involvement in the church. My ex-wife and I were friends with this other couple. hmm And when we would go out to eat in town, I'd have a beer, whatever. Mm-hmm my ex-wife too, probably, and they never did. Mm -hmm. And that was the case all of the time. Mm -hmm. Then we found ourselves in Austin with them. Mm -hmm. And oh my God, they each ordered a margarita. And I was literally like, what? And I swear this is what was said to me. Well, we're a hundred miles away from church. So Uh, what are you talking about? So that no one sees it? Exactly.
1: It's an interesting hypocrisy. Here's the thing. I'm in a place to... I'm looking at all of these things, but I'm also trying to come at them from a less judgmental, more accepting. But the thing is, is that we're having to unpack it. Like we have to heal from it almost first before we begin the acceptance and the letting go of.
0: I didn't judge my friends. Your rules are your rules. My rules are my rules. But
1: our awareness is often judgment. Just
0: Okay. But that was not an uncommon practice right. I then learned. Right. This whole thing of Yeah. do it this way so that the people that are important to you in this building can see you do it this way, but off over here you're doing it a completely different way and it's secret and it's a junk room.
1: Yeah. When we were um, doing my live in the garden this morning, we were talking about how not all the vegetables that we eat have all the nutrients in them. That we expect. Right. And so what I was basically saying that just because you look at something and it looks like what you think it's supposed to be inside doesn't necessarily mean what's inside of it is the actual truth of what's going on. That leads me back to that well iced shit cake. You know, like this, I mean, it looks like the most beautiful wedding cake. It's got all of the beautiful, everything is perfect. You know, it came from the best baker, the best artist in town. But
0: inside, it's nothing but a turd.
1: And so you said closing the door on the, I said skeletons in the closet, but the junk room. Mm -hmm. We're going to hide our junk. We're going to hide our shit. But we are very, very, very good at selling you. A beautiful eggplant that looks like the eggplant you would want to eat.
0: And as I kind of continue grappling with all this, it feels to me that the junk room is an analogy for your entire life. And the idea that you've got an infected boil that you're putting a Band-Aid on rather than and exposing that stuff so that it can begin to heal.
1: So that it can heal and and you can let go of whatever's going on inside there. 50 yeah.
0: years old just now figuring this out.
1: Yeah, I've said just recently, I literally used the analogy of, there is a pimple about to pop here. I can feel it.
0: And again, other people may have had completely different experiences. But if, but if someone comes with a real need, I'm having trouble with a sin thing. Mm-hmm. There was almost like a, whoa, whoa, what? No, 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 no. We're not going to address anything like that. Mm-hmm. You are now lower in my eyes because you have admitted that you were the sinner. See, I we always are all feel, in the room saying we are all sinners. It, 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 I, a lot I of miss a lack of grace.
1: Me. And my parents taught me grace like no others, no others. Yeah. They taught me grace. They shared the grace of Christianity. Right. They gave me grace. They taught me how to give grace to other people. Yeah. They were supreme educators of grace. Yeah. That's why literally why I had to break away was because I couldn't see grace mm-hmm. in religion. Mm-hmm. I couldn't see it. I didn't see it. I didn't see the you grace that was there. You mean separate from me,
0: we didn't even know each other in a completely different religion. You were having an experience that
1: 100%. Mm. And I <clears> and and to me when you have a situation where it's like You've been given grace from the beginning of sin. Okay, you did your first sin. You were born a sinner, but we gave you grace.
0: The age of accountability.
1: Like, what if I'm never on time to church? Am I a sinner? Like, what if I don't do the lesson the way I'm supposed to do the le- There becomes a switch in certain people that's like, you've already labeled me a sinner and given me no grace. And that came from the religion. It didn't come from home. Mm-hmm. My home was not that. Right. I was responsible for the bullshit I pulled, but I was always given grace.
0: It just occurred to me that you said junk room, and we haven't discussed that here at the table. You're right. Go ahead. I'm working through this right now, that as for as long as I can remember, in my house, there was always a junk room.
1: Mm. It was Mm -hmm.
0: called the junk room. Uh
1: Uh-huh.
0: It was a full-size bedroom, like my parents would always get one extra bedroom.
1: That's privilege to have an entire room that you don't need to put a child's bed in when my or mom two went children's to bed her beds in.
0: <laughs> independent living? Mm-hmm. She got an extra bedroom. Right. The junk room was where the junk was. The rest of the house immaculate. You're not going to see a thing out of place. Mm. Don't don't open that door. Don't open that door. We don't want you to know what's inside of that drawer. Oh,
1: that's the skeletons in the closet is what you're saying.
0: <laughs> that philosophy was part of my upbringing Mm
1: -hmm.
0: not just a junk room
1: Mm, right right the skeletons in the closet what
0: we talk about Mm
1: -hmm.
0: what we do not talk about Mm -hmm. what we never talk about Mm -hmm.
1: is it easier to give grace if you just ignore like i love my son and i would rather he not tell me the truth about his sins then for me the to have to actually... The things that you're calling sins? Well, right. The things that you're calling still, they're my sins. But either way, it doesn't matter because back then, or now for that matter, if I call it a sin and you do it, you're a sinner, right?
0: Right. Yes, that's the truth. <laughs> if in my infinite wisdom, the rules that I've laid out, right, because of my specific right. holy book and my specific interpretation of it, and the specific society that is born up where we're looking at it different ways, mm-hmm. interpreting it different ways. And different
1: sins are different depending on who that you are list, and where you are. Right. Like the sin could be opening the door to look inside the skeleton closet because in order for me to give grace, I have to not look at those mm-hmm. sins.
0: I noticed that. They're not
1: my sins to judge, so I'm not going to look at them.
0: I noticed that churches clump together. There's like a church section of a neighborhood. There's the Methodist next to the Baptist next to the, you know what I'm saying? Real close proximity.
1: Yeah, it's probably because it's got commercial zoning. <laughs> it's the one section they gave commercial zoning for the churches.
0: And what you're saying is that this one and the one next to it have a different opinion about that topic being a sin.
1: And they're both businesses in a commercial zone. And, and they are both absolutely <laughs> correct. They are both absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. 100% Correct. I mean, if you go in and have a very polite conversation at certain churches, not all churches, certain churches, certain religions, Mm -hmm. you will get told that they are loved by God and there is no other conversation to be had, but it's all in a tone. It's like in a polite, pat tone. That was what I got all of my life. The polite, pat, pat. The churches I went to, everyone was very polite. Mm -hmm. Methodists are very polite. Open heart, open hands, open doors, if you're some of our kind. Mm -hmm. And if you're not, we're going to be really polite to you as we pat you on the head and tell you, you have grace. But don't do that. Not here. It's not polite.
0: And depending how big of a thing that is, your example, Mm -hmm. you might leave the church. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: You might go to a different Methodist church. Or you might just say, nah.
1: You might go to all of them. I did. (laughs) I went to. I have been in... I can't even name a type of religious service in America, especially in Christian religion, that I haven't sat in. And there's a lot of other religions that aren't Christian that I've gone to services. Right, lots of them. Right. I find it fascinating. I've watched it all, and I and I, dude, I feel the spirit, absolutely, all of my life, every second of it. That's the reason why I'm constantly called back to contemplate in silence and figure out what is that call? What is that call? What is that call? Begin to unpack. Some of the like clean the junk room out, right? Inside me, mm-hmm. I gotta clean the junk room out because I've got a lot of skeletons packed in here. And what I, you begin to find when you push the brick out of the wall I mean, that's I, like I always used to use that one is that the wall starts tumbling down, but then the mess doesn't get any better. No, it's still it's a pile of f***ing rubble that you have to go through. And the little Please like don't use that language inner child of Firestarter Ace Lynn is down like in the middle of it, just trying to like stay alert and stick with it. You know, (laughs) it's a fascinating unpacking world that, and the thing is, is that we're all doing it right now. Even if everyone is, even if everyone's not doing it the same way, everyone, including the earth. And I have said this multiple times is doing something right now. Something big is happening right now. Is it the first time this has ever happened in existence all eternity? If I know, Is it the first time it's happened in our historical record keeping? Hard to say. But what I do know is that I sit face to face with a lot of people talking on a regular basis about what are we going to do about the junk closet and the co-conspirator in my partner that keeps the door locked to make sure other people don't know what i'm hiding in my closet
0: right there's a mutual understanding that we're going to have a junk room and this is his purpose and this is what we're going to use it for we don't let people in there and my parents certainly had that understanding
1: i think we all do though i mean you and i like you and i do the co-conspirator crap of bad behavior that is ours i
0: think we ignore bad behavior
1: we ignore bad behavior yeah we well then that sounds like just what we we were exactly talking about like uh, stuffing it in the closet
0: no, you're welcome when you come over to our house to, to look around. And no, by no, the way, no, that's I'm the not, junk room no, and I'm, there's junk in there. Yeah, but I'm that's talking how you about we different. ignore
1: the bad behavior. That's stuffing bad bad behavior in the closet.
0: After my dad <laughs> passed away, my mom moved from their home filled with closets and junk rooms. Yeah, at, I missed out on a, a lot of good
1: shit because you prepared me so hard for it and that I was afraid of it. Uh, an
0: estate sale, <laughs> right, where they come in and you pick out the things... That you want to keep, yeah, and then you some you say everything else, get rid of it,
1: thousands of dollars with the of things, women's things with tags still on them, yeah, thousands, right, like you could buy a car, thousands,
0: anyone that went to that estate sale learned a lot about me
1: <laughs> i I was like, how did i I had no idea joe Nobody i was did. I was like, oh my God,
0: yeah. No, wow. Nobody did.
1: And you know, the fascinating thing My dad wasn't about, allowed
0: to know. My dad in, wasn't allowed to
1: in know. In a, that's an interesting thing. I, I mean, And you he think knew, about like now you know. the struggle that you're challenged with and then like mm-hmm. her calling you every day and saying, what do I do now? And just kind of like her mind is kind of getting sleepy and, you know, sleepy is the polite way of saying, you know, what happens when our main mind stops having a purpose, which is part of the blue zone stuff we've been talking about. Yeah. And when you can't do those things anymore, you, you don't know what to do with yourself. Because the things you actually did yeah. toward the end of your life... And
0: when you lose your co-conspirator.
1: And you don't have the co-conspirator anymore. And
0: that's a big part of what's on my mind. Their relationship and what was supposed to happen if my dad were to go first.
1: Yeah, but you already knew he was oh, going to. Oh, it would have
0: been to. such a helpful conversation for him to have with me.
1: What? But he wasn't going to.
0: Exactly. That was, I guess, Right. We
1: can't that, that, And that's part of the thing. It's like, just because we think that it needs to be a rule, it needs to what be a certain way. What was happening with my mom?
0: What was, what was his thoughts on my mom?
1: Maybe he didn't think about it the way you did. See, that's that, like, we can go all the way full circle back to the morality policing. I can't tell you how you were supposed to do it if I don't even know how you wanted or needed to do it. Like, you don't get to decide what was the best way for him to handle his way of dealing with death. All you're doing is looking back and trying to rewrite history. You're trying to rewrite history, and that won't ever help you. You aren't going to solve the problem by rewriting history.
0: Clearly, I can't get this conversation, but it would have been nice to have had. That's all I'm saying.
1: You are focused on that. I watch you do it every day, all day, about your parents. You're focused on if this had happened, then this. If this had happened, then this. But none of that stuff ever happens. So you're spending time creating solutions to problems that will never exist, except that when you do that, you create more problems. Okay. I I know that we don't, I don't want to believe that that's the truth because I will create the exact same circle of imprisonment for myself where I now have to close the door so no one can see what's in my closet anymore. Mm -hmm. And I'll have to find some co-conspirators to help me play the game that I've continued to play inside my own mind. Basically.
0: Yep. And if that's the way you've done it all your life and the way you were raised contributed to that.
1: Then you have to find a good partner. And you've
0: unpacked none of it.
1: That's willing to to call you on your bullshit. Both of us, both of us, a family that's willing to call you on your bullshit, people that are willing to call you on your bullshit, Mm -hmm. an audience of people that come to the dinner table and sit with you once a week that are willing to call you on your bullshit. That's the only way. So to say... I don't want to offend you by talking about the stuff that's in my closet, man. Hey, I'm here at the dinner table sharing my closet with you. Don't get offended. Don't show up. Don't show up. If you can't have an open door conversation where you can call people on their bullshit, and that's not about being offended. That's about telling the truth so that we can talk about the sins. And then we can say, I give you grace for all sins. You are forgiven. We're done with that conversation.
0: Done. I, I'm not. What I'm about to say, I don't know if we can keep from going down a rabbit hole here. <laughs> You're
1: not ready for this rabbit hole.
0: But, oh, well, no, I'm just thinking at society at large. What you talked about last week about Facebook and everyone's angry. You mm-hmm. know, It's yep. accepting that what is being told to you is bullshit seems to be the problem that people aren't willing to accept
1: they lie lying to themselves because if they sit in silence... And they're
0: dug in deep and then they'll say, to I, that lie. I'll
1: say, well, do you sit in silence? Well, I should. Okay, well, then we're done with the conversation. I'm glad I planted a seed because someday it might cultivate, but that's not my job. And now I'm going to continue on with the people that are interested in growing a garden.
0: 21 days into Whole30. It took 21 days for someone that I don't see every day to tell me,
1: <laughs>
0: oh, man, looks like you've lost some weight. Yeah. That was a good day.
1: Y'all are looking good.
0: And since our dinner table last week, I also crossed over a number that was important for me to cross over mm-hmm. as my weights. And declining then you walk the through in
1: your big boy underwear yeah. to get your clothes from the coffee table if you guys want to know how clean our house is. He has to walk out in his big boy underwear <laughs> and get his clothes from the coffee table. That are, they're folded, maybe. They might also be in a pile in the chair. And I go, Oh, babe. That's nice. These
0: are photos are not gonna post on Facebook. <laughs> but so yeah no, the, it's
1: made me feel really good what's this, that this third week is right. good well, we, first I, week was good second week not so good last, third greek
0: when you last join us it was starving to death
1: <laughs> i was a little bit you were not happy last ladies week. you know what i mean
0: you were not happy last week no it was okay how has this week been
1: well, okay, last week I had the stupid error thing, I had the PMS thing, I had the, the thing where I was getting used to this whole thing, and I'd been having a thing with you with the fight and all the things, and it was nah, it was nah. meh. Do not take yourself out of it. You live in my energy, sir.
0: You told our friends last week that you were not getting enough calories.
1: I was feeling like I wasn't getting enough sodium. If
0: we might have been in sodium. a little bit of a disagreement, I did not prevent calories from going into your <laughs> That's mouth. True. Now, if in addition to so you starving So the next thing I death, wanted to talk
1: about was my balls. I oh, mean, wait, I'm going to talk about energy balls. Your put out
0: great energy. <laughs> they do. You said last week you I might make energy it. balls.
1: I did. I made energy balls and they were fantastic, you they guys. Were. They were so, 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 so simple to make that even I could make them all by myself, like a big girl. You brought home some raw cashews, some raw almonds. Right. And you brought home cocoa. some cocoa. hmm and then the dates we've been talking about.
0: Those dates are a miracle fruit. <laughs> I love those dates.
1: So good. I put all four of those ingredients, quite simple ingredients, in my... Processor. Yeah, Cuisinart chopper, basically. Chop, 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 chop. But you have to chop it up real, real, real fine. Like, you just have to keep chopping. It. And you're going to look at it, and you're going to be like, there's no way. How's this going to work? Because it's its like, um, what's those little pop ice cream things they make? The little, Dippin' Dots? Yeah, that little, whatever, dipping Dots kind of looks a little bit like that. It's like these little, like, little crumbles. And what you do is you just grab up that and you make sure you have a little hand bowl of water and you just smush it together. You need to have a little bit of, like, water on your hands. And then you just make a ball out of it. Put the ball on some parchment sheet paper on a cookie sheet and put it in the fridge so that they harden up and then put them in a Ziploc bag or Tupperware or whatever you use. These are vegan, quick, convenient, raw, Whole30, delicious. Now... Are you going to be able to put them side by side with a chocolate turtle and go, mmm? Uh-huh. probably not. But right. that's the point is that we're trying to get our bliss factor, the engineered bliss factor that we have mm-hmm. on our taste buds.
0: Make you aware of it.
1: Things start to taste different. Like tea, just plain old black tea is sweet when you don't put sugar on anything. Right. You drink it and you're like, Oh. That's so delicious.
0: Oh, no wonder there's so many tea varieties because I've, these teas I've, have flavor to them. Too.
1: It's like I've never had anything so delicious in all my life as this teas. I ate something today cuz I'm trying really really hard. You said you were doing it a couple of days ago. I'm trying really really hard to be more aware of that joy moment, the bliss moment, especially when you've cut out all of the natural numbing devices that we all use as our bliss moments.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: A cocktail. Yeah. Some sugar. We bought an item, whatever. To have those joy-filled moments, when you feel it right now, drinking water, cold water and just drinking it and just, God, it's so delicious. Mm, mm. All these unnatural flavors and tastes and things that we have somehow convinced ourselves that life is literally horrible without these things. My point is, is that right now, right now, I actually can tell, oh my God, all this joy, all this bliss. And it's just coming from things that are so innocuous, things that are so natural, things that are so just basic.
0: You cannot beat a crunchy grape.
1: Yeah. Oh my God. Grapes are insane. I mean, like when you bite
0: it, it's on a mush grape. Those are the worst grapes.
1: It's just another level of balancing out that, the part that we've misaligned, basically.
0: The last day of this 30 days is the day that all my best friends from high school get into town Mm -hmm. for a big reunion weekend.
1: You got a little bit of anxiety about this, I got to be honest with you.
0: So the next day will be the first day that I'm off of it. Mm -hmm. And what they want us to do, and we'll talk about this more next week, is cycle these things on not all once you don't go out for a deep cheese pizza and beers you know that first night God,
1: that sounds good
0: <laughs> can I offer you some grapes or dates
1: <laughs> I'm I love pizza so much you guys
0: if we went out for pizza for example the night after we were done with this and it was gluten-free crust I mean that's not gonna mm-hmm. be a problem right what would you do
1: oh I would get a pizza.
0: You would eat as if you hadn't taken a break, like maybe a little bit and see what, how well, you
1: feel? Well, I would get a vegetarian pizza. Uh-huh. The The one thing would be the cheese.
0: This is a thing for me because I'm going to want to tip one with my friends. I know. I'm concerned. But why aren't you concerned about your cheese and your oils and things that are not appropriate for your pizza?
1: Because drinking alcohol is different than cheese
0: i didn't say keg stands i'm not gonna be silly about it but i mean that's gonna be the but kind also, of also i
1: know i know you're allergic to beer and alcohol things
0: what are you talking about
1: because i can hear it in your nose in the normal time like i can tell when you've drank too much by the way you sound your nose gets
0: stopped up oh interesting <laughs>
1: So I know you're going to walk away having hadn't drank for 30 days, and then have a drink with a bunch of friends, and you get fun and silly. I'm like, ooh, I have a little bit of anxiety about this, and especially when I'm not drinking. What if everyone
0: there was sober?
1: Well, depends on what the conversation is, because I could get just as easily bored.
0: Well, then it sounds to me like you've got some work to do. <laughs>
1: And they're not going to want to talk about what I want to talk about. I can promise There's you.
0: There's going to be karaoke. I know
1: this crowd. Oh, I'm going to sing. Okay. I'm going to sing every song that offends everyone in the room. I'm going to offend everyone. On purpose. On purpose.
0: Do you have any to. I'm
1: going I'm to, listen, here, what? I have a solution to the problem. I'm going to get up there what on stage. What songs are going to
0: offend my friends? Are you ready? Okay. I'm going to
1: get up there on stage and I'm going to say, I'm sorry if this offends you. Okay. And then I'm going to go ahead and but just what are do you gonna whatever do? I want. Raspberry
0: Beret? I mean, what offends people in this crowd? I don't know. Okay
1: don't you worry. About, you want
0: to talk about the food that we
1: cook? I am the queen of offending people. I can do it. <laughs> I also wanted to say that I have decided that I'm going to make the energy balls as the dessert for the long lunch club that's going to be on Wednesday. Wonderful. Like, you're listening to this on Monday.
0: If there's tickets available, grab some. Wednesday. If you live near us.
1: Yes, please do. We're doing it Whole30 style. Yeah. We're going to do the Zupa Toscana.
0: That we talked about last week.
1: I'm going to make a fantastic salad. We're going to have some of the delicious tastes that we have here on the farm. Yeah. And then we're going to try my energy
0: balls. Well, here's the question. That. Was the zupa Toscana the best thing that we've made during Whole30 at home?
1: You made a lot of good things. You're a really, really good creative chef. Cool. I love that. Home chef.
0: Eggplants. I immediately thought we should do some eggplant parmesan.
1: That's not what happened. Oh, what happened? <laughs> what happened was I said... I'm bringing you some eggplant. I want you to make me some eggplant parmesan. That
0: sounds more accurate now that you mention it.
1: How do we do that Whole30 is what I said. Because I'm really excited about all this beautiful eggplant that I
0: have. Well, your mom said, if you can Google it, the title of your dish with Whole30, you'll find something.
1: And I did. I found this recipe.
0: Now, what is eggplant parmesan? It's a layered, like a lasagna, eggplant, tomato sauce, and like a ricotta cheese.
1: A ricotta. My stomach, that, can you hear my stomach gurgling?
0: No, are you thinking about eggplant parmesan?
1: I don't know, um, but it's gurgling. Something I ate, it didn't, it's kind of having a hard time digesting.
0: Well, we'll talk about that next. <laughs> Here, you can't use the cheese, you can't use the dairy. So I did this for the very first time. I guess it's pretty common, certainly, if you've done Whole30 and you're looking for something similar.
1: He made nut cheese. I
0: had nut cheese.
1: I made balls, and he made nut cheese this week, you guys. Uh, There's a theme, there really is.
0: Wait till you hear about the hot dogs. <laughs> okay, so it's easy. It was, there's several ways to do it, but you're soaking cashews to soften them. Use those raw cashews that you used for your energy balls.
1: Bliss balls.
0: And the way I did it was I put them in boiling water, turned the burner off, and let them sit for 20 minutes.
1: Okay, so that's what you do with the cashews. Yeah, they're softened. Mm-hmm. That word I find fascinating when you say it. Soften? You say hearty. soft? You say soften. Hearty. I'm curious about how other people say the word soften.
0: Soften is the most common.
1: Soften. I don't know why I do that. Soften.
0: You bake your eggplant. I'll post this recipe.
1: You guys are going to want to do this one. With this all the was eggplant is so coming out. Yeah.
0: Also, you're starving to death, so anything was going to taste great, but
1: No, they, like I needed something hearty.
0: Hearty. <laughs> That I heard.
1: (laughs) I know. See?
0: Then you make your tomato sauce. I'll post the recipe. But then you make your nut cheese. And that's in the blender with the cashews, garlic, and almond milk.
1: It was so good, you guys.
0: Blend it up. Mm -hmm. And then layer, 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 layer. Mm -hmm. Tomato sauce, Mm -hmm. sliced baked eggplant, nut cheese. Mm -hmm. It was really good. And it was Mm -hmm. so much even better the second day.
1: It was so good that I would serve that hands down easily mm-hmm. to someone that wasn't doing any kind of diet
0: and see if it's they even notice it's
1: just so good you guys right. it's such great flavor that cashew butter this is one of the things that i have always loved best about my deep dive into food that i've done in life to find out what the flavors of food taste like because i'm not afraid of different textures, because I'm not afraid of new flavors, because I'm not afraid of eating food without cheese, eating food without meat, eating food without eggs, eating food without, I'm not afraid to try not cooking things. I'm not afraid to try, I'm not afraid to try different things. And so you get to try everything and you get to find really, really, really good flavor profiles and you get to understand what food actually tastes
0: like. You just made me think of at the farmer's market at our meat vendor. I was buying some ground beef. He said, look over next to it, and I've got some awful ground meat.
1: Mm-hmm. O-F-F-A-L.
0: And this is 97% typical ground beef, mm-hmm. but the other 3% is some heart and liver.
1: That was probably a really good thing for me to eat during this time of doing but this think about diet. It. First
0: of all, it's 3% of the flavor will be altered from your normal ground beef. That's not very much. And... I said, well, why did you do that? Is this a common thing? I had never heard of this before. And our listener, Sandy, Mm -hmm. was buying something, said, oh, that was my idea. Mm -hmm. He goes, yeah, it's their homeschool group. They wanted to teach about that." um, That is
1: a thing that I learned back in the days of my La Leche League and all of that, and Mm -hmm. the cooking with the babies and all that, was that you needed to get awful. You needed to get heart and liver and things like that into your diet because there's iron and there's nutrients in those systems that are good for us it's
0: the diversity yeah
1: and i'm excited that they're doing that because that's a great way for them to use that product and yeah make make sausage out of it it, exactly
0: and that's what i
1: you bought more for the for the one we're doing at the long lunch club so when you come to the long lunch club you'll get to have a chance to taste it grab your tickets it's on wednesday
0: Then you sent me a recipe because you had a bunch of cucumber. Yeah. The recipe is Whole30 Chipotle Lime Chicken with Cucumber Avocado Salad. Mm -hmm. It's super simple.
1: This was another one of those type in three words. Chicken, cucumber, Whole30. And that could be really lame. I mean, what what would you ever cook with chicken and cucumber in a Whole30 diet?
0: Well, in this case, you're making a base salad that is cucumbers, avocados, garlic, cilantro, lime juice, salt and pepper. That's the base. Uh-huh. The avocado, you want to get firm. You want them to be cubed and stay cubed. But as you're stirring it and mixing it, it says stir gently. Uh-huh. It's kind of breaking up a little bit. Yep. A little creamy in there. of The avocado was really, really good. And on top of it was a chipotle uh-huh. rub on a chicken.
1: It was really good. It, it was a good piece of breast. If I, you...
0: Well, I said, I'm going to be able to use these chicken breasts that have accumulated. Right. Because you've got a philosophy around here.
1: Yeah, chicken breasts yeah. are boring. The only thing that chicken white chicken breast meat is good for is in like a casserole like or a
0: soup. Cooked in.
1: Yeah, that meat is so dry.
0: This was a rub on both sides, a big percentage of which was lime zest. No. I felt that that lime zest burnt.
1: I disagree with you. I think you did an oh, excellent job. Oh, I think well, that, take that the point that I was trying to make wasn't that the chicken breast you made wasn't good. I
0: didn't think it was.
1: I liked it. Okay. And I thought the piece that I got, maybe you gave me the best piece, I don't know, but it was Well,
0: that was an accident.
1: juicy and and tender and you could taste the lime yeah. flavoring and there was a little element of like black and it was really very tender and nice. And here's where really the argument of well that has to do with how you cook it, yada yada. I have eaten chicken breast from supposedly some of the best executive chefs around. And it always tastes like chicken (laughs) breast. It might be better cooked, chicken breast, but it still tastes like chicken breast.
0: Then I learned this week that you have got to have some soup around at all times. I mean, it's just... I mean, from here on out. That's my What if we just made a soup every Saturday or Sunday? It's my lunch. And... It's in there for when you need it. And so we made avocado cucumber gazpacho soup that we made several weeks ago. Yeah. And again, yeah. try this recipe. Mm-hmm. When I look at the recipe this time, which we made before we started Whole 30,
1: So we were making it so my parents could eat it. So we made it with Whole 30. It
0: said a teaspoon of honey or date paste. Uh-huh. Optional. Omit for Whole 30. Mm-hmm. Date paste, understood. A date, mm-hmm. fine. I threw a couple of dates in there this time mm-hmm. with the avocado, with the cucumber, with the onion, with the cilantro, the greens that, what did we do? Swiss chard this time? Yes. Lime juice, oil, and whatever herbs you have around, salt and pepper, and a little chicken broth. Mm-hmm. All that in a blender. Get it cold again in the refrigerator. Serve it cold. That Put this in your life.
1: I ate that a few times. I added a little bit more of my dill salt to it. Because yeah, you
0: wanted more dill. I liked instead. it. I like the dill cucumber down. soup. Dill. I would say maybe
1: decrease the sweetness to it a little bit too. Oh,
0: too many dates.
1: It was a little bit too sweet. Now that I know that, I'm like, oh yeah, take it back. Take the sweetness back just a little bit. For the
0: last 23 days, too many dates is not anything that's in my vocabulary. (laughs)
1: Let's
0: bring this episode home with our random question of the week.
1: Okay. Tell us your best scar story.
0: Oh, you're going to (laughs) win. My best is it a contest? scar is it story competition?
1: I always win this. One.
0: is that I had to have a mole removed. Or I, didn't, I don't even know if I had to have a mole removed. I had a mole removed when I was younger. This mm-hmm. would have been in middle school. Mm-hmm. And it was right here at my rib cage abdomen area. Mm-hmm. And the summer between ninth and 10th grade, mm-hmm. which at the time was the summer before you went to high school. Mm-hmm. I would come home and go to high school after spending a month in Europe.
1: Which wow. Was, which was See? a
0: fantastic trip.
1: See? Your life was pretty great, oh. admittedly.
0: Yeah, I'm not gonna say anything <laughs> else. Pre internet, pre cell phones. I took a buddy with me and we wrote a postcard to these two girls that we were friends with that I had been shot because I had my shirt off at some point and he said, Looks like you got shot. Uh huh. And I said, with well, that scar. Uh huh. I said, Oh, we should tell him we got shot. And then they like Supposedly freaked out And when we got home I showed them This, this is just dumb I don't have a good one I'm just trying to make anything up Because it could, Go ahead <laughs>
1: I thought you were going to tell the story about baby Joe getting removed.
0: (laughs) That's not a good scar story.
1: No, it's not. That's just when I got rid
0: of my quarto (laughs) from Total Recall.
1: I called him baby Joe. The thing
0: that was growing out of the side of me. (laughs) That you're like, I don't think that we should leave that alone and see what happens. Then
1: like three months later, I was like, oh my God, it's like a whole head coming out your side. It's the size of a
0: small grapefruit.
1: (laughs) That was the first like somewhat like sick, like I'd seen you sick, but ladies... I'm not trying to generalize. That's preemptive, by the way. I'm not trying to generalize. (laughs) But men are such babies, man. Get a little cold. You know what? But then to to go through a little like surgery procedure type thing. Mm -hmm. (gasps) Oh, my God. I have no idea. I
0: have a very large scar because that thing was very large. You do. It's true. And that night they put staples in that scar. But that night later, when that thing swole up, it was We're busting at the rewrite seams. We're not going history.
1: I love you. So when not- I was 14, the summer between my eighth grade and ninth grade year. Yeah. I ran over my leg with a riding lawnmower. Well,
0: listen, this has been a great dinner table. <laughs> and we're so glad do you, that you came. Do you remember when my
1: parents pulled the pictures out to yeah, show you? <laughs> I do.
0: First of all, the reason why you win is because your scar is uh, exceptional. I mean, it is it's amazing. Exceptional.
1: It's one of the first things you ever said to me. It was like, you like walked over and you're like, and, I, and at that moment I was like, that dude's checking my legs out. Yeah, it was.
0: <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> I thought you were going to say honestly the shark had bit your, a big chunk of it your calf like off because yeah. you know kind of, but it, it looks was like that. so. But you ran over your own leg with a riding lawn mower. We've told this story before. Yeah. And your parents, as they would and should have, documented the progress of your rehabilitation in photographs. Yes. And it's in a photo album.
1: Oof, you guys. And
0: one night they brought it out and handed me the closed photo album, and I said, "Oh, and there's all other <laughs> photo albums of you modeling." <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And your mom likes to bring those out too, and I love it when she does. Please continue. But this time, oh, what, yeah. and it was a full like the day that it happened or yeah, something. Yeah. Like it was, somebody put a
1: shotgun right up to it and
0: it just was like blew it up. Yeah.
1: That's the person you meet today, the girl that went through that and had to recover from that and had to deal with that as a 13-year-old, which is a challenging point of life anyways. I was um, hanging out at one of my favorite places to people watch in Corpus Christi downtown, Lucy's. They have a running club on Wednesdays. Right. There's a group that shows up there. And I do like to look at people's legs. I have to admit that, like, I'm a leg watcher and I look at ladies' legs and I look at – I looked over in the sky, had a ginormous scar on his right. leg. I have permission by the universe to talk to anybody that has a massive scar on their leg with no questions. And I walked up and I asked him and he said that he had been in a really bad car accident. And he goes, skin graft. And I was like, yep. And he pulled his you know, shorts up and he showed where his skin graft. And Came I was like, from... oh, this has been fairly recent. He goes, it was about 10 years ago. I said, well, mine was about 30 years ago where you can't even see where my skin graft was taken from Uh but his you can actually still see it I know where it was taken from I can literally point out the square it's right right there right I see it but and it's funny too because when I look at it it used to be this ginormous like they had taken half my leg out you know off to like redo now I look at it and it's almost as if it's not even there because I was 13 when it happened my leg was probably I don't think you
0: notice that with the naked eye now no you wouldn't the skin graft area the skin
1: graft area you don't even yeah you don't notice that at all but my foot, my leg, my calf. I am fortunate to have my foot and my leg. I'm fortunate to be still a
0: whole body.
1: Yeah, chicken breasts are boring.
0: Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Dinner Table Talks. We will be back next Monday with a fresh episode. In the meantime,
1: hit us up on social media, send us an email, DM us, whatever. We want to hear from you.
0: And we hope that you're enjoying the episodes as much as we enjoy creating them for you.